listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Sarah Golseth. I'm Andy Bates. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin for your support of The Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live Uncommon. We have a, I don't well, I don't know what a describing word I should use for this. Prepare Intriguing. for your minds to be blown. <laughs> yes, mind-blowing experience yes. coming up in St. Louis very soon. If you're in the area, you're going to want to check this out because I can probably guarantee you've never experienced anything like this before. So it's a pretty good guarantee. A pretty good guarantee, yes. Joining us today, Sarah Bernhardt, Executive Director of Intercept Art. Intersect Arts Center in St. Louis. Thanks for joining us today, Sarah. Sure. Happy to be here. And the Reverend Dr. Jim Marriott, Department Coordinator for Music at Concordia University, Texas. Thanks for joining us today, Jim. It's great to be with you. So let's talk about Intersect Arts Center. This event coming up is at Intersect. And it's been a while since we've had you on, Sarah, to talk about the work that Intersect does before we get to the the, the wild and crazy idea that you had. <laughs> Tell us about Intersect Arts Center and, and the work that you do in the community. Sure. Yeah. So Intersect is a community art center and we're we're built really with this intention of creating sort of a third space for the church to find itself in the world around them and the world to find themselves being loved by the church. So we use art as a vehicle to kind of create and nurture that intersection. So functionally, that looks like a variety of programs that usually fall into three kind of categories. We work with empowering youth, equipping artists and engaging the broader community so we do a lot of youth programs, both in and out of school with arts integrated education. We have paid teen apprenticeships that emphasize violence prevention and professional development. We work with artists in St. Louis. We are kind of in the most densely populated arts area of the city. So we provide affordable studio spaces and high quality equipment for makers. We have about 24 artists in residence in the space, and we do a lot of community building efforts with that group of people as well as offering employment and exhibition opportunities. And then we have a really wonderful gallery space, which is kind of a bridge between that artist community and the broader public. Um, so we usually curate about six to eight exhibitions a year with local artists. We have national artists from all over the country and even international artists that exhibit with us regularly. And like I said, that's a really kind of significant piece of how we bridge into a broader community audience. And we, we curate in such a way that we're always trying to invite audiences together that might not normally find themselves in the same room, but they get to gather around the commonality of a theme or idea that grounds a particular exhibition. So it asks people to kind of take on this posture of looking and listening that I think is really useful when we seek to engage across diverse ideas and beliefs and then work to dismantle prejudices that both people have in the church towards maybe the secular community that we engage in and also the significant prejudices that you know people have against the church. So that's, in a nutshell, that's kind of what we do. That is a, that's a great concept. Mm -hmm. What are some past events that have helped you reach into the community and, and do that? Oh, the list is long and very kind of all, you know, we're always experimenting and trying lots of different things. So I think that, hmm, I mean, We'll get to talk about Dovetail, which is sort of, I feel like, a culmination of a lot of the ideas that we've played with over the last 10 years as we've built this community. So maybe I'll save some of the, the details for when we talk about that. But our youth programming has also been a really nice focal point of how we've used art to engage community, particularly building 
like violence prevention and conflict resolution curriculum, but using the arts as a tool to do that. Um, yeah, the, I mean, art's so special because we get to op- occupies both, you know, kind of the simultaneous space of imagination as well as craftsmanship. And I think those are the really core qualities of how we build community anyway, right? We have to imagine what kind of relationships we want, and then we have to have the skills to actually build them. And art can be the medium through which we imagine and craft those realities. Um, yeah, so I think, I don't know, I'm going to ramble too much if I if I go on about that. But I don't know, Jim, if you have any ideas about music and how that's built community for you in the past or with our work at Intersect. Yeah, so the, my participation in Intersect, I've, I've been part of it for many years now in a variety of different roles. And I think of the people and the stories and the different students that we've interacted with, the ones that have come through the doors, the way that their lives have been changed, even if they've then transitioned out into the world and in a variety of different things that they're doing. And from, I think, at the early days of Intersect of just teaching music and leading a little chapel time to playing for exhibitions that art exhibits and art openings that I've gotten to do there now. And then the the Dovetail series, how that's a culmination of some of these, so many of these different ideas. Yeah, music has had a, a prominent role and it really speaks to, to Sarah's own formation and and Sarah and Bob's leadership. They are musicians and musicians at heart. And so Sarah's always very attentive to music as an art form and very good at brainstorming ways to use music as an intersection along with the other work of Intersect. Yeah, I think one thing that's maybe an example too of what we do larger scale is just like the construction of our space is it's this very interdisciplinary multi-use space. We have a lot of partners that come in and use this space. For example, we partner with Revival School St. Louis, who's doing recording albums for refugee musicians in our studio. But when they're there, they're also then like bumping into the, you know, guys from our teen apprenticeship program who are working on their drumming skills. And then they're all bumping into Pastor Bab down in the lobby. And there's just like a really interesting mix. And then, you know, the dance company's in rehearsing in the dance studio. And so just by kind of physically constructing a space where we've got a lot of diverse interaction between different community groups, that really helps build the synergy because we're just physically existing together. And then it lends itself to creating projects together because we're all there together. Yeah, I got to tour the space at Intersect. I think it was, this might've been pre-COVID. I don't exactly remember when, but I love the the community center kind of feel that you guys have put together that that you're that you're talking about, Sarah. That bringing together these different groups and kind of melding together all of these different aspects of of the fine arts to create this space for a lot of people to be creative together. And it's really amazing what can happen when you're able to bring all those people together who have all these vastly different ideas and they become something new and beautiful. I think that's really cool. And I I know you said you would ramble if you talk about this more, but I do, I do want to get just a little bit further into your thoughts on how fine arts, music and, and art and, and all of these things help us tell stories, help people to tell their stories to the community. Hmm, Yeah. So I think art can certainly be good at telling stories, but I actually usually think of its primary function a bit more of one of poetry rather than storytelling. You know, even times, a lot of times we need like additional narrative to explain artwork, which is kind of a funny thing. But, and you know, while poetry can tell stories, I think especially contemporary poetry is often like very clear and not narrative. But what's so special about it and what I think visual art does really well and music too, is it has this ability to express kind of a different layer of our experience in the world. 
it can say something universal in a in a uniquely specific and succinct way that you can resonate with and feel seen. And that's a really profound treasure that you know you see cultures across all of time and space have been fascinated by that that phenomenon. And so Art, I think, is generally concerned more with ideas and questions and propositions, which all of those are, I feel like, kind of refreshingly static compared to maybe how our world is so flooded with kind of nonstop storytelling. And so, mm. I don't know, that stillness, I think, is maybe decreasing in popularity as our attention spans as a species continue to decrease. But I think doing that work of investigating and understanding, you know, a work of art is so important to how we develop empathy. And, you know, also on kind of a grander scale, um, a really like lasting story of of our human history is often told through art objects and artifacts. And so, you know, in the grand scheme of storytelling, I think that's a really certainly unique role that that art plays. I was thinking about the, the affective nature of art as well. You know, it really humanizes us in a profound way and helps us to see each other. Just what you were saying there, Sarah. And I've been thinking about the you know, the the axiom that we're so familiar with, he who sings prays twice, and the depth of what it means yeah. to pray twice through this art form. You know, so, you know, music and the visual arts, which you've taught me so much about, Sarah, you know, in, in our work together at Intersect, it, it really, it from a Christian perspective, it teaches us to pray in a new way. Praying twice, I think, is a really beautiful thing. And it, and it gets us at the affective that helps us to see humanity and the richness of humanity as God's creation in a way that we wouldn't see through other mediums. I love that, Jim, the praying twice. And it made me think, too, about, Sarah, you said something about how you know art gives us access to someone's story. And I do think in terms of building relationships and building community, for some reason, you know, when there's a gallery wall available, people will will pour out their beliefs and their thoughts and their ideas in a different way that could take, you know, months or years to uncover in a kind of conversational setting. And you have this sort of privileged, expedited access into someone's heart because of um, the artwork that they've produced and displayed for you. And I mean, in reality, they, they put, took probably months and years to create it. But anyway, yeah, there's this sort of really immediate connection that's available through the work of our both to the artist, but as, as well as a touchstone for, you know, let's say someone else who's visiting the exhibition with you that can open up a conversation between you, perhaps, about a difficult topic that may otherwise be difficult to broach. But I think that's a really amazing capacity of, of both art and music. We have more to talk about with art and music and creativity and a special event coming up very soon at Intersect Arts Center. We're talking with Sarah Bernhardt and the Reverend Dr. Jim Marriott. We have more coming up after the break. You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Sarah Golseth. I'm Andy Bates. At Concordia University, Wisconsin, we believe you were created for a reason, to use your God-given gifts to help others. To live a life of self-sacrifice in a me-first world. To live a life that's uncommon. Whether you're taking one of 50-plus online programs or learning with us in person on the shores of Lake Michigan, you'll be equipped to make an uncommon impact. Learn more at cuw.edu. Concordia University, Wisconsin. Live uncommon. (laughs) 
Welcome back to the Coffee Hour. I'm Sarah Golseth. I'm Andy Bates. We're talking with Sarah Bernhardt, Executive Director of Intersect Art Center in St. Louis, and the Reverend Dr. Jim Marriott, Department Coordinator for Music at Concordia University, Texas, about Intersect Art Center and the the amazing work happening there with art and music and bringing different communities together. And Sarah, earlier you mentioned the Dovetail Dovetail. Um, events. Oh, I lost my words there for a second. Dovetail events that happened at Intersect that are kind of the culmination of bringing together different artists and communities. Can you share more about the Dovetail events that happened at Intersect? Yeah, absolutely. This is an event series that I'm excited about. So Dovetail, it's it's an interdisciplinary event series. It's inspired by the Dovetail Joint, hence the name. So the Dovetail Joint is a Ancient carpentry technique predates written history. It's really simple, right? It's just these two different shapes that can interlock. It's aesthetically elegant and poetic, but it's also extraordinarily strong. So it can provide structural support for anything from, you know, wooden drawer. If you have antiques at home, you've probably seen that dovetail joint connecting the sides of the wooden panels. But there's examples of it supporting an entire building, especially in like Japan and Korea. They have buildings that are built using this technique. So anyway, the dovetail joint, functions as a metaphor for this coming together of different artistic mediums and diverse members of our community. So the the idea is that, you know, through the, the effort of collaboration, creating a dovetail joint is really laborious effort, but that that effort is both uh, relationally elegant and beautiful and can also create really strong frameworks for reciprocity in how we build communities, especially in traditions that are outside of our own. So that's kind of the the conceptual basis for the event series. And then what that actually looks like in real time is that every art exhibition that we curate in our gallery, we create an event to go along with that exhibition. And first of all, we invite a chef in to craft usually a, a four, five, six course menu of small plates that each course specifically responds to an artwork or a concept in the gallery. And so the idea is to create this synergy between different mediums and how can, you know, ideas play off of one another? How can we see things that we wouldn't have otherwise seen because this other medium is maybe pointing out something for us? And then we also invite performing artists. We've worked with spoken word artists, contemporary dance, musicians from SLSO to create a restage work that also responds to the the artwork in the gallery. So again, the, the synergy of kind of these different mediums and then audiences that those different groups also bring together really enriches each of the components. I'm excited about the upcoming event, but you mentioned something that caught my attention. <laughs> yeah. You mentioned food. Yes. Food and art. Why why pair food and art together? I'm intrigued because you said food. <laughs> right. Well, exactly that. Everyone loves food. So, you know, food is both, it's universal, but it's also incredibly culturally specific. And we love playing with that space. Everything, someone, you know, something that everyone can find commonality with, we all eat, we all love food. But it also has really unique expressions that can enlarge our experience. And the food also has this really fun kind of like high-low contrast, right? Like it's a basic need, but it can also be high art form that can be very expensive. And so, you know, we've been really blessed to work with chefs that... They're able to celebrate this incredible gift that we have of food in our lives and really unleash something that can be ordinary into something really extraordinary Um, and can also really be cost prohibitive, right, for many people, or it's just not pragmatic for people to spend money on food. And so it's turned into a really great way to encourage people to try something new, 
And again, create that kind of posture of openness towards other traditions, other ideas, other people. Also, of course, gathering around food, meal, a feast is very Christ-like. And it was a model that he used, of course, for working among diverse communities of people. So there is a Dovetail event coming up on December 6th at Intersect and Holy Cross, which I don't think we've mentioned that Holy Cross and Intersect are kind of together on the same campus there, December 6th from 5 to 7. What is the art exhibit that this reception will be for? Yeah, so the upcoming event is called Face to Face, and the theme is built really around the anticipation of the incarnation during Advent, also the next kind of the Imago that we see in every human face throughout time and culture. So the art exhibition is a really fascinating collection of portraits. It's all portraits. And we have 42 works loaned to us through SIVA, which stands for Christians in the Visual Arts. And it's the private collection of a a particular artist, Edward Nippers. He's been collecting prints, drawings, paintings, and sculpture his whole life. So there's a really great variety of objects. The oldest piece dating back to, it's like a 17th century Castiglione portrait. There's a lot of 20th century modernist works, and we have a small Picasso print. There's a really beautiful Chagall with a graph, a Matisse drawing, and then, you know, many other really wonderful portraits. So that's the art exhibition. And then we're partnering with Jefferson Avenue Mission, which and Jordi and Kara Dunholm down the street from us, they're running a, a theater drama outreach program. And they're going to be essentially kind of crafting a curatorial tour, if you will, through a number of the works, but using kind of monologues and small theatrical pieces to kind of unleash the portraits that are in the gallery. And then, of course, we'll have the the menu staged throughout the gallery that can be kind of enjoyed from five to seven, like you're walking around looking at everything and grabbing small plates and eating those while you look and watch. That menu is crafted by a local kind of prodigy award-winning chef, Rice, and his work's super amazing. Recommend following him. Um, and it's gonna, we worked with him for one other dovetail and it was absolutely fabulous. So I can't wait to taste his creations again. And then the final piece of this event is the, the organ and rap concert that Jim is participating in. That'll be across the street at Holy Cross from seven to eight. So we'll wrap up in the gallery and transition over to Holy Cross for this concert with him and Flame. Let me ask, did you say organ and rap (laughs) concert? I did. Yeah, so when we were first talking about this, you know, Sarah and I have been talking about doing a hymn festival at Holy Cross probably for about a year now. And, you know, I get to do hymn festivals all over the United States, and they're all a little different. But this one's very unique, and I'm very excited about it. And, you know, so when Sarah and I were kind of planning this out a couple months ago, I just thought, you know, kind of a normal Advent hymn festival. Our Advent hymns are so rich and beautiful and just great texts. And uh, uh, Sarah said, well, why don't we pair it with spoken word? And I was like, that sounds awesome. Who do you have in mind? And then we kind of talked about Flame being right there in St. Louis, and he was available. And it's an just an amazing confluence of, I mean, I'm geeked out about it. How about that? You know, I'm very starstruck that I get to, 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 you know, be on the same program as Flame and it'll be very exciting. So yeah, it's, it's going to be a very cool, cool musical event. And it'll be neat to see. So the, the way the program is going to work, it, it, it weaves together hymns and then some of Flame's original works as well, so that it'll kind of be a, a back and forth and it'll be held together musically 
by these improvisatory moments where I'll be improvising on an Advent hymn and then he'll he'll speak the word the the text of the hymn over that improvisation and uh, I'm very excited about that cuz it'll musically knit together two very disparate styles of music you know I don't think people would ever conceptualize putting organ music and hip hop together um but I think it's awesome and very much kind of the heart of what my work has been you know, trying to curate intercultural and diverse things together. So I, I'm, I'm really excited to see how it comes together. All around this incarnational theme yes. of Advent. Right. Yeah. Sarah does nothing. There's nothing simple for Sarah. How about that? <laughs> so I, when, when she says feast, that's what this is going to be. And, but what better way to honor, to honor our Lord and his incarnation, the idea of his coming, his coming as a baby, his coming and his final return, and his coming to us even now in word and sacrament where we gather together around his promises. So those three comings of Advent really come together in this program, and we see we see that very profoundly. Yeah, I think so. What what can people expect? Yeah, go ahead, Sarah. Well, I was just going to add, Jim's been really formational for me and my work in thinking about how a predominantly white congregation situated in a predominantly black neighborhood how does that work and how do we live together and work together in ways that are like truly intentional and reciprocal? And so kind of, you know, this idea of like the dissonance of rap in a historic German sanctuary in this call and response, it has really, yeah, I just have to kind of thank Jim, I think, for for helping me be willing to figure out how to do that in a, in a thoughtful and meaningful way. And then also, though, like we are saying, this incarnation that Jim's work has also helped me think about the incarnation of Christ also meaning that he had he took on cultural expression and he took on aesthetic expression and that this idea of almost like kind of revelation 7 moment happening here where we're celebrating the expansive identity of what it sounds like to be a believer in the incarnate Christ across time and culture is really an exciting moment that I hope you know we can get a diverse audience to be a part of as well so that's you know why we're here also wanting to invite folks to come into that and celebrate that with us that's that's just right, Sarah. That's I love how you said that. And you know, one of the things that I want to keep pressing people toward is that Revelation seven is not a unique experience for the church. It it is what the church is. You know what I mean? Like a lot of times, I think we treat Revelation seven or you know these kind of multicultural visions of the church as like, oh yeah, that's right. You know, and it's kind of a unique thing. But no, that like the the diversity of the church is the church, the church in every time and place. And the more we can help people realize and remember the expansiveness of who God is and and what his church is in the world, I think that's a, a very profound thing to do. I'm very much looking forward to what an immersive experience that that will be happening. Sarah, what are the details for registration, parking, time, all of those things that people need to know in order to attend? Yeah. So again, five to seven in the gallery. So when you arrive at Intersect Art Center, there's street parking. We also have two parking lots. There'll be signage to direct you to those. And <laughs> pardon me, that's open house style. So again, you can come through and kind of eat and look at your pay- your own pace. We will have performances around six. So if you want to catch those theatrical performances from Jefferson Avenue Mission, those will be at six. And then we'll transition over to the concert. That'll start promptly at seven from seven to eight. You can attend just one or the other. Obviously, it's intended for you to attend the entire experience. But if you know there are constraints on your time, you can just attend the concert or the 
the gallery event. Registration is online at intersectstl.org. If you hit the gallery tab, that'll take you right to dovetail registration for this event. We are asking for donations. There's no ticket price. It's just for donations only so that we can pay the, the artists who are working to create this event. And but, you know, even if you're not able to afford, please just register so that we have a headcount for everyone. So there's food, abundant food. And <laughs> yeah, I think those are the details. Very good. Intersectstl.org for registration and all those details. Sarah Bernhardt, Executive Director of Intersect Art Center in St. Louis. Thanks so much for joining us today. Absolutely. It was a pleasure. And the Reverend Dr. Jim Marriott, Department Coordinator for Music at Concordia University, Texas. Thanks so much for being our guest today. Always good to be with you guys. You've been listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Sarah Golseth. I'm Andy Bates. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support The Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you. Anytime. Anywhere. Anywhere.